Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Minnesota, my guest was deemed by Jazz and Blues Report, quote, one of the freshest and most dynamic emerging young voices on the blues scene today, unquote. She has been invited to open concerts for the likes of B.B. King, ZZ Top, Robert Cray, Dickie Betts, Johnny Winter, and Greg Allman. She has earned a number of awards nominations over the last few years, and last September released her third album called Live My Life, which was produced by Grammy Award-winning producer David Z. and she is still touring in support of Live My Life. You've been hearing one of her songs called Things You Shouldn't Need to Know. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Sina Earhart. Hi, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely, Sina. Great to have you on the show, and, and congratulations on being our first Minnesota-based guest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody has to represent the Northland. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, first things first, Sina, tell the listeners about the song that was just playing, Things You Shouldn't Need to Know, and, and cool title, by the way. Thank you. Uh, things You Shouldn't Need to Know is a song that I co-wrote with my guitar player, Cole Allen, um, and it's sort of based on that concept that hindsight is twenty twenty, and looking back at your life and thinking, man, I wish I would have known some of these things before I had to go through these painful or embarrassing experiences, and that's kind of where the song title came from. And then we were extremely lucky to have a special guest come in and record a slide guitar track on that song, Smoke and Joe Quebec, who's one of my dear friends and mentors, a slide guitar player out of Dallas, Texas. Now, you mentioned that it was co-written. Uh, so I, I wonder then, <laughs> in the in the introduction, maybe I should be referring to you as a singer-songwriter then, because obviously if, if the song was co-written, that means that you were one of the writers on it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, on this record, with my wife, the majority of the songs are original numbers. There's a couple very carefully selected covers, but uh, several songs that I wrote uh, completely on my own words and music, a couple that my guitar player, Cole Allen, wrote on his own words and music, and then most of them we collaborated on. So. Okay. It's a, it was a great experience. Great, great. And and there's also a video for that song that's that's done pretty well so far, around 17,000 views on YouTube. Uh, listeners, be sure to go and look for that video. Sina, tell us a, a bit about the making of that video. It was really a fun day. We actually filmed the video for Things You Shouldn't Need to Know in the former St. Paul Saints baseball stadium. The St. Paul Saints are a minor league baseball team in St. Paul, and that stadium was demolished about a week after we finished our filming. And I'm such a Minnesota girl. I love Minnesota history that I thought it would be kind of cool to have some different little um, pieces of Minnesota history in the video because that stadium no longer exists. They're in a brand new stadium for this season, but we filmed throughout the grounds and found some kind of unique places and actually went out by the railroad track. So when you see the train going by in the video, that's not green screen. That's the real deal. (laughs) I was wondering about that. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we, we had a similar conversation a couple weeks ago when my guest was uh, Whitney Doucette, who's a singer-songwriter from up in the Boston area, and, and she did a little of that with us, so I'm glad you did. And I know that Amanda Page Cornette 
also on the episode where I interviewed her, we talked about some of this kind of, you know, trivia type stuff that, you know, you wouldn't know unless you listen to this interview. So I was actually curious about that myself, you know, how difficult that must have been the timing to be filming that and make sure that you are getting the train going by. Right. We actually, uh, it was a stroke of luck that right near the end of the day, the sun was kind of setting that the train was, there were several trains that went by and actually the St. Paul police department wasn't too happy with us and they, they shut us down, but we got, um, <laughs> we Uh-oh. got the shots we needed and we apologized and they were very kind and, and, uh, but yeah, that's another trivia. We almost got, hauled away. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, there's always fun stories like that to tell. So so was the intent, hey, let's film by the by the railroad tracks. That might be a, a nice backdrop or was it as you said, you know, was it let's see if we could actually catch when a train is going by. Well, there was a really unique setting of a stack of railroad ties that looked really cool. And we actually filmed our guitar player, Cole Allen, doing a guitar solo in front of the big stack of railroad ties. It was just a cool contrast. And at at that time, the train started going by and we said, you know what, let's flip that camera around and get the whole band down Uh. here. And so we were running with pieces of the drum kit and it was, it was pretty intense, but it was (laughs) a lot of fun. And how long did it take to, I'll say film, because obviously there's post-production, but how long did it take to film the whole video? One day? Yeah, it was, we actually did it in a day. I think I was on set doing uh, hair and makeup at about 4.30 in the morning. We had a wonderful team um, there helping out with that. Uh, And then we started as soon as the sun came up and we were there all day. So it was actually, I couldn't have done it without uh, Andy Crowley and his team. He was really the producer director of the video, but be sure to check that out. You'll see some fun things. Yeah, I know. uh, And when I watched it, I, I, I probably watched it twice just so that I have a good sense of it for this interview. I, I think you probably did, I want to say, four different outfits in the video. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me to hear that you say, you know, you started hair and makeup at 4.30 and, and were at it all day. Yeah, us girls, you know, we've got we've to look cute. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, yes, you know, half kidding, but, you know, but, but the half serious part is that it was a nice touch, I felt, you know, to, to kind of break the video up that way and, you know, different outfits, different locations type thing. Yeah, well, thank you. That uh, it was, we kind of had some creative storyboard ideas going into things. And actually, that's the fourth music video that I've made with Andy Crowley and his team, um, dating back to 2012 was when he worked with me on my first video. So he and I work really well together, and he brings forward some unique ideas. And almost always, we're on the same page about things. So that was a lot of fun. Well, bear with me here. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make, a, I hope I make this point the right way because I liked the video and, and, and I was really pleased if, if that was one of my clients, if Cena Earhart was my client and this is how her video came out, I'd be pleased with it. What I'm getting at is uh, a lot of this show is spent on helping out the aspiring musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers, and so on. One thing I noticed about that video is that you got a great product without having to be over the top with all kinds of extras that you would have to cast to appear in different scenes. Uh, it didn't you know, require a ton of time, I'm sure, in storyboarding. There weren't a ton of bells and whistles, yet it looks really good, but probably was able to be done without being the huge production that some people think that you have to go to. So I think that discourages some of the up and comers from making a music video because they think it has to be this really involved over the top elaborate production. And in fact, I'm taking my hat off because I I feel that you got a great quality product for what probably didn't have to be this, this big monstrous project. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I think that's, you're right on, you know, um, and getting, some good audio and video quality out there, but without it being over the top is definitely a, an achievable goal when you're getting started in the business. And I kind of looked at what some of my favorite videos are, and they're ones where I really connect with the song. I mean, there's a great video by Adele where she's it's a ca- single camera, and it's just following her while she's walking and singing, and that's it. <laughs> and I love that video just because I love the song, I love her, and... Um, you can connect with the material sometimes when you keep it a little bit more simple. 
Wow, and I love that. That's that's fantastic advice. So that's listeners. She's saying that she went and looked at what are the videos that connect with me. If I watch them and I like them, what is it about that video? And, and you're saying in this case of the Adele video, it wasn't some big elaborate, over the top Hollywood produced thing. And so that's why you know, go, going back to my comments about four different outfits and you know just the subtle scene changes, it did break the video up enough where. It is visually appealing because it kind of changes things up a little bit, but yet you're not lost in this whole production where the point of the song is being missed. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, uh, I mentioned the video has done pretty well so far. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, the Live My Life tour so far, and and I'm I'm connecting those two, by the way, because um, Things You Shouldn't Need to Know is off of Live My Life, Um, but... I say let's talk about the Live My Life Tour so far because you've not only got a bunch of shows on the calendar here in the States these next couple months, but a longer tour is in the works for this fall when you're going to go international, which, which by the way, will complement your first European tour that you did last fall. Yes. Um, I actually was doing uh, quite a few emails this morning uh, before visiting with you, and um, we had a a very successful first tour in Europe in October 2014 and worked with some great folks in Europe and they worked in partnership with our American agency Evergreen Music Network Um, and as a result of some of those connections that we made there we now have another agency that's come on board in Europe that's partnering with the first agency we worked with so the schedule is really filling up I think we have 14 confirmed shows um, so far, and at least another 14 or 15 are going to be added between now and October. So we're looking at a good 30 shows um, at least a month, if not more, over in Europe again, which is just awesome. The, The people, the fans are so intelligent and so in tune with the music and just lovers of arts in every way um and so we just had a blast over there can't wait to go back and then our summer is filling up really quickly um here stateside with festivals and events and we're about to see kind of an explosion of dates coming in uh from our agency here so yeah we're always on the road and and really doing everything we can to get this record out there because we believe in it and, and we're really proud of it Outstanding. It's it, it sounds like it's well, I let me let me rephrase that. It sounds like it's a fun time to be seen at Earhart, but does it does it at the same time excite you but then kind of make you take a step back and say, Oh boy, wow, this is gonna be this is gonna be a long year. This is a lot of shows. No, I it actually it really excites me. I'm always looking for more shows. I mean, I, I feel like I can't play enough shows. That's truly where my band and I thrive and where we just have so much fun and so many songs can change their identity in playing them live. Uh, There's a song off of my first record that uh, we've been playing quite a bit lately that had kind of been on the shelf for a while and it has a a bit of a new life because some of the little changes that we threw in from playing live. So that's what we love. That's what we thrive at. And we're just excited to get on the road. Yeah, that does sound fun. And and, and feel free, by the way, go go back and, and just talk a little bit more. Um, well, for, for openers, the, the European tour, um, first, just uh, if you wouldn't mind, what, what, what countries did you go to in Europe? We flew into Poland. Um, and we were in Poland a little bit throughout the tour because our home base, so to speak, where our promoter was from, was right across the border into Germany. And then we did, all of our shows were in Germany. And we played almost all of the major cities um, in this first in the first run that we did. It's pretty cool. We were in Berlin for the 25th anniversary of the Berlin Wall wow. coming down. Wow. And it was the exact uh, anniversary date and got to walk through Berlin and see um, some pretty incredible displays, historical displays. And they had a bunch of balloons that were released at the exact moment that the wall came down 25 years ago and the balloons went up in the air. It was just, it was pretty emotional and and cool to be there and play a show uh, during that time. I'm sure. Loved Hamburg, Hamburg and um, just everywhere. We were all over. (laughs) 
Well, and you know, I, I boy, I, I I can try to hide behind the uh, the excuse that this is episode sixty one. I can't keep all sixty one episodes fresh in my mind, but I'm I'm gonna cite the wrong one for some reason. I think it was episode thirty eight with J R Bird. Uh, but listeners, feel free to email or, or post on social media if, if I'm wrong. But I know there was a guest that that spent a lot of time on my show talking extensively about the reception from the European fans and how impressive it was. And, and I'm putting this in the form of a question to you, Cena, if, if you found this to be the case as well, how impressive it was to get over there. And they're so educated in the fact that you know, this is not new music to them. It's not something they're hearing for the first time. They're they're there with open arms, ready to receive you. Absolutely, I completely agree that the fans um, and the folks that promote the shows throughout Europe are very knowledgeable about the music. They truly are blues and rock lovers, um, and they're not purists in any sense, which I really like because uh, while I love pure blues music and that has a very special place in my heart. I by no means am a purist as an artist. I stray quite a bit from traditional 145 blues and I love uh, rock, funk, soul, a little bit of pop, even some classic country occasionally will kind of creep in. And I think that the European audiences are really receptive to that. Um, And that was one of the things that my band and I really loved over there. Truly, people come and it's like a concert atmosphere, even if it's in a nightclub kind of a setting. And when the band is done playing, the place clears out in 15 or 20 minutes. They're not staying around partying, hanging out. They're there for the music. And that's a good feeling as an artist. So just talk a little bit about the difference. And again, I don't want to sound like Captain Obvious um, because, you know, people would say, well, I think we could figure it out for ourselves. But I am curious to hear the artist uh, talk about you know the differences that you find, and, and maybe you prefer one over the other, playing a Cena Earhart show versus I'm just one of five different acts that are on the bill at a festival, because you mentioned that you will be playing some festivals in the state. So what are the differences that you find between the two, other than the obvious, uh, you know, I'm the headliner versus there's, there's me and a few other acts on the bill, and, and do you have a preference uh, of, of one show versus the other? There are such incredible merits of both scenarios there. I think there's a lot of creative freedom when it's your own individual show and and you're the only one performing. You can take certain liberties and maybe stretch out your set a little longer because, you know, the people are there to see your show where just logistically speaking, if you're at a festival, they have a schedule to keep and we want to be respectful of that. And so you stick to your allotted time. Um, and so that would be, you know, one little difference, but man, you know, being a Minnesota girl, it's cold and snowy and you are sequestered indoors many months of the year up here. (laughs) So there is something just fantastic about being outside at a festival, open air, the wind blowing in your face, the sunshine, you know, and, and seeing the people tan and holding the beer they're just having such a good time there's something so cool about that too you know it's there there are just such great things about both aspects and how have you found the festival circuit to be as it relates to actually getting to spend any amount of time talking to some of the other acts that are on the bill it kind of depends. You know, some really big name acts are pretty well insulated by their crew. And sure. I understand that, you know, their their entire life is living in a tour bus and living on the road. And they sure. kind of have to do that. I get that. Um, but some of the acts that are immediately before or after your performance lot, you normally can visit with backstage. And um, I recall running into uh, Cassie Taylor She's a great blues vocalist and bass player. Ran into her one summer like four or five times at a festival <laughs> and kind of visited and joked. And actually, I just thought her father, Otis Taylor's band, played at a festival in Clearwater, Florida that we played at a couple of weeks ago. And I saw her mom and she said, I'm Cassie's mom. <laughs> like, how neat. You know, I wouldn't have met her if it wasn't for the festivals that we played at that yeah. summer, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say those acts that are pretty close to your time slot, you, you get to meet and visit with. And some of those that are very established, understandably so, are a bit more sheltered. Sure, sure. Good stuff, though. I I, I like that. That's that's good insight. 
I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Rochester, Minnesota, is blues singer Sina Earhart. Be sure to visit her official website at www.sinaearhart.com. And this is one of those episodes where you'll want to look at your listening device to get the proper spelling of her name so you can go to her website. Her website has links to her Facebook, Reverb Nation, and Instagram pages. Plus, she is also on Twitter. Be sure to use Cena Earhart to cenaearhart.com, uh, excuse me, to look for where and when you can go see her perform live. And do purchase her music. Live My Life is her third CD, so that and two others are available for purchase through her website or through iTunes. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week, it will just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. There have been 60 prior to this one. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far, so do check those out. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Cena, we've talked about one of the songs from Live My Life. We talked about the video for it, and we talked about your touring. But I mentioned in the intro that the album was produced by Grammy Award-winning producer David Z. Um, I'm curious how that opportunity came to be, and, and for that matter, how did you find it to be working with him? Well, first of all, it was an incredible, incredible experience working with David Z. He's one of the most creative and inventive people that I've ever met. Um, and he is someone that growing up in Minnesota and being a huge fan of Prince and Purple Rain, um, and also being a fan of Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Johnny Wang, some of the more contemporary blues rock guitar players, singer songwriters. Um, I admired David Z's work. And when it came time to start thinking about who I was going to work with as a producer on my third record, I called my record label president at Blind Pig Records and visited with him. And I said, you know, he would be on my wish list. What do you think we could do? And he wow. said, well, I don't know. Let's let's send him a message and see what he says. And wow. uh, so the president of my record label uh, sent David a message. And, and David's actually done some pretty great work in blues and rock. And uh, so we had his contact information. And he wrote back and said, oh, yeah, I really like seeing his stuff. That'd be great. And I'm like, he knows who I am. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so that was it was pretty cool. It was kind of one of those ask and you shall receive type of scenarios. And, and then from there, uh, we really just dug in and started planning the recording process. And he was just awesome to work with. Well, there's a couple of things that I love about that story. Number one is that it's really kind of a case of, you know, the worst that could happen is he says no, but we don't know until right. we ask. <laughs> and and the other thing that I love about it is just that basic approach, because so many times I will have a guest on the show and say, so how did you get to work with Grammy Award winning producer David Z? And, and there's always some connection. Well, my guitar mm -hmm. player played with someone who David produced. And so my guitar player called his butt, you know, and, and your right. story has none of that. It's just, you know, I admire the guy's work and boy, I'd love to. And, 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 you know, kudos to you as well for having that awareness of him and then, you know, initiating that conversation with your record label president and saying, what do you think? And, and of course, you know, him supporting that and, and saying, let's send him a message and see how it goes. So, uh, right, right. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, it, it, it sounds like a basic story, but, uh, like I say, because some of them seem so predictable, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, insert name here that connected us to him. So that was, uh, that was, that was unique. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, it was probably a case, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was probably a case of where you had to be tremendously excited to get that opportunity. But when it came down to get into the studio with him, it's like, okay, I need to leave the excitement at the door because it's time to get to work now. Yes? Yes, you are right on with that. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with him on the phone quite a few times. He's actually based out of Los Angeles and has some family ties still in Minnesota because he previously lived in Minnesota and worked there, uh, was very instrumental in, in Prince's career, of course. And But now being based in Los Angeles, our relationship 
leading up to the recording session was just over the phone. And he flew in several days early prior to the recording session and caught one of my live shows. And I remember looking over at the backstage kind of green room door and in walks David Z. I'm like, wow, this is real. <laughs> this is it. Don't, don't be an idiot. You know? <laughs> and, and just have it, had a very real conversation with him. And it was kind of like we had been friends for a while because we had so clearly communicated about the vision of the album and, and how we wanted it to go and what my ideas were about the material that it did almost feel like being reunited with an old friend, even though we were meeting face to face for the first time. And then, then when we got into the studio, we just kind of were able to get to work from there. Yeah. And that's hugely important as we've talked about on, on a handful of other episodes, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about the aspect that you're interviewing the producer as much as the producer is interviewing you. And if you can find that synergy, then, then, you know, you've found the right person. But at the same time, I, I, I chuckle at that story because you're, I, I can just see you looking off stage and seeing him there and saying, you know, I know I talked to him on the phone and I know he said yes, but he's really standing right there. <laughs> he really came to Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. So then, exactly. so then, so then you recorded in Minnesota though, it sounds like. We did. There's a fantastic recording studio called Winterland Studios that is located in Minneapolis. And David said, you know, um, we could have you come out to Los Angeles. There's yeah. lots of great studios out yeah. there. And he actually has a small studio in his home that we could have used for certain things. But he said, you know, I have my mom's there. What, I, it gives me an excuse to come visit my mom. Why don't okay. I come to you? And okay. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So that was pretty cool. Well, you know, and, and I want to give him some credit because there's a case of where an L.A.-based producer could very easily say, if you want to work with me, you're going to come to me. So you bring yourself right. and whoever else out here to Los Angeles and be prepared to pay Los Angeles prices. Uh, but to his credit, he said, that's okay. I'll come to you. You know, I can kill two birds with one stone, you know, personal and business. So uh, this is just, uh, I'm really enjoying talking to you. I mean, these stories are are really you know very very interesting and, and very detailed and, and i'm all about that so um I, I'm, I'm enjoying uh hearing this and, and we have a lot more to cover okay now it's time for bruce's bonus this is a segment here on now hear this entertainment where i take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of now hear this incorporated giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians singers songwriters entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it Today's bonus is know the protocol about giving out business cards. When you're playing and are approached by someone interested in possibly booking you to play elsewhere, you always give out the business card of whoever booked you there that night, not your own, unless you booked the gig yourself. Don't cut your throat and give out your own because you're trying to cut that person out of the loop. Remember, they're the reason you're there in a position to be getting approached in the first place. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. One thing I'm sure that you would agree can really jumpstart an artist's career is some key recognition. I mentioned in the intro the quote from Jazz and Blues Report. In addition, you were nominated... Let me take a deep breath here because there's a long list. You were nominated for the Living Blues 2014 Female Artist of the Year Award, the Song of the Year Award at the 2013 Blues Blast Music Awards, the Blues Music Awards 2012 Best New Artist Debut, and you won the New Artist Debut release at the 2012 Blues Blast Music Awards. <sighs> wow. So, <laughs> well, congratulations on all that. And, and I'm curious, how does one get themselves into consideration for so many awards? My record label is to thank for that. Um, there are certain release periods where if your album is released between certain dates, then it is eligible for a certain cycle of awards. And my record label has always been very uh, good about making sure that my album has been, my current album at the time, whatever that was, was submitted for consideration for those awards. Um, and, you know, they they have a, a great team. Deborah Rieger is my publicist there, and she makes sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and so they've taken care of that for me. But see, it's still good to hear, though, that, that you know what it took for those nominations to take place. And, and I'm not, don't don't take this the wrong way, um, guest that I'm about to mention if, if, if you're listening, but uh, it, it makes me think back to episode 39 
uh, Ellie Holcomb was the guest, and, and she's the, the, the 2014 Dove Awards New Artist of the Year. And I asked her, you know, kind of take us through that process from, you know, from actually getting nominated to then, you know, being the one whose name gets called to go up on stage. And she said, you know, quite frankly, I really don't know how I got nominated. Uh, and I think there was, I think there was maybe one other uh, guest on the show that I've asked. So it's to your credit that you don't just kind of sit back and go, hey, I'm the artist and you take care of the business stuff. It's it's cool if my phone rings and you tell me that I was nominated for something. And, and you know, that's that's really the way more artists should be. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, information is, is knowledge is power, as they say. So for you to know all that is, is very good uh, to, you know, to be able to speak in an educated fashion about all these different nominations that you've gotten. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, having a good business sense and really being hands-on with your career is extremely important. I manage the band. I manage all of the, the finances. And any and every gig offer that comes across uh, to me is ultimately approved by me. Um, and I think looking at, you know, an artist like Shakira, she's definitely not a, a blues artist by any means. She's pop and, and Latin music, but she still has complete creative control as a multi, multi platinum artist over all of her music videos, all of her marketing, all of her promo photos, you know, everything that is presented to her fans and the public runs through her. And I think that's really respectable when people have more of that hands-on approach. And at least at this stage in my career, that's something that I plan to continue to hold on to. Good, good for you. And and again, you know, the only dumb question is the one not asked. I, I would have to assume that you have found all these nominations and, and the award that I mentioned that you did win to be good marketing tools for yourself that that I, I would like to think that a few more doors have opened, a few more ears have have listened because you can be introduced with, with all these credentials in front of your name? It certainly helps. I mean, I don't think that's why any of us um, in entertainment do what we do to receive an award, but it definitely can help with, you know, uh, our agency getting us additional gigs or finding uh, features or things like that, it, it sure can help, yeah. Sure, yeah, and as a as a publicist myself, a, a manager, promoter, whatever my clients choose to call me, you know, certainly, you know, we all know, and we've said it plenty of times in the show, that, you know, it, it, it starts with the song, uh, so, you know, right. so the song has to be there, but at the same time, um, it might be, somebody might be a little bit more apt to listen to the song and see if the song is there if they find out that this person was nominated for this and for this and they won this, et cetera. Um, so I, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was going with that. Right. Yep. It is a good marketing tool. I agree. And you, you've alluded uh, to them a couple times, but um, in addition, another shot in the arm for you has been your record deal. You're, you're signed with blind pig records. Just talk about how that came together. And, and then obviously uh, your experience working with them. Yeah, in 2011, um, I was working on a, a batch of original songs and um, at that time uh, had decided that I was going to independently release an album, which it ended up that uh, Blind Pig ended up releasing on my behalf because I, as I mentioned, I have a very good friend and mentor, Smoke and Joe Quebec, who's a guitar man out of Dallas, Texas, who has, I believe, 14 or 15 studio albums to his name in the blues rock genre. And he is someone that I was speaking to a lot. He's a friend of mine um, early on in my career. And he said, you know, I think these songs that you're working on and these performances that you're giving, I think some people in, in record labels need to take interest and, and take notice. And on my behalf, he sent some YouTube videos to uh, Blind Pig Records, uh -huh. and before I knew it, uh, one of the presidents from the Chicago office, they, they have two presidents, one is in San Francisco, the other in Chicago, the Chicago president came to one of my shows in Minneapolis, and I signed my record deal that following week, wow. um, and they ended up taking the album that I had recorded on my own, and didn't make any changes to it, which is from what I understand, kind of unheard of, um, <laughs> but I was thankful for that. And they released that, and that was my debut album with them in 2011. Since then, I have put out two albums. Um, of course, my most recent album was My Life, and then 2013, I 
put out an album called All In. And so this is uh, an, an ongoing relationship. It's not it's not uh, record by record. I signed a three album contract with them, um, so I've fulfilled my three albums. They're still very you know active in in my career and in my promotion, and I'm definitely open you know to working with them for future projects too. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you know, to to quote the old. Uh, Tim Buck three song. The future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Um, obviously, uh, you know. Obviously, you've got you've got um, new heights to reach. What with you know the, the extensive touring that that you're going to be doing, and, and it stands to reason that you're only going to continue to sell more records and, and draw a larger fan base. Uh, you know, as as you continue through that. So I'm sure that um, you know everybody that's associated with you is is probably really pleased. With the way things have gone, um, present company included, I'm sure that that you're very happy with with the way this has all unfolded for you thus far. Yeah, I um, I can't sit, I guess, too long and and look back and and think about that. I'm always so busy looking forward and you know writing music, and I'm so thankful for everything that has happened in the last three and a half, four years. It's been a whirlwind. But you're right, there's a, there's a lot more um, that I have hopes to accomplish and a lot more music to write and a lot more shows to play. So just keep looking forward. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Minnesota is blues singer Sina Earhart. Be sure to visit, visit her official website at www.sinaearhart.com. And as I mentioned, this is one of those episodes where you'll just need to look at your listening device to get the proper spelling of her name so you can go to her website, which has links to her Facebook, Reverb Nation, and Instagram pages, uh, plus also find her on Twitter. Be sure to use SinaEarhart.com to look for where and when you can go see her perform live. And do purchase her music. Live My Life, as I mentioned, is her third CD. She just talked about that. So that and the two others are available for purchase through her website or through iTunes. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, relatives. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically for you when a new episode comes out. If you're a new listener to the show, please check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. And go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. We were talking, Cena, about awards that you've won and been nominated for as well as your record deal. Uh, back in the introduction of this show, I mentioned that you have been invited to open concerts for the likes of B.B. King, ZZ Top, Robert Cray, Dickie Betts, Johnny Winter, and Greg Allman, which is <laughs> outstanding to say the least. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you were just talking about this before that you can't look back, but I, I, I have to imagine that I mean, some of this just has to seem surreal at this point. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, you know, I feel very fortunate. Uh, one of the names you mentioned was Johnny Winter, and I feel fortunate to be at the stage I'm in in my career, uh, an emerging artist kind of coming up and, and growing right now where I could be considered a support act for Johnny Winter because uh, shortly before he passed away, my band and I joined up with the last leg of his Midwest tour and did uh, a run of four shows with him through the Midwest. And then we did, I think a fifth show down in Florida months prior to that. And he's gone now, you know, he's gone forever. And he was such a profound influence on myself and on my whole band and just a, a pioneer um, in blues and rock and what a cool experience and opportunity for us to get to be a support act for him. And he had us on his bus and treated us like wow. friends and wow. we took pictures with him and he teased us and gave advice. And I got to uh, sound check his mic for him on a couple occasions because, you know, they, they said, just give it all you got <laughs> for Johnny. You know, I mean, it was just those are irreplaceable experiences that now, unfortunately, since he's passed away, we'll never get that chance again. So uh, I'm so thankful, and 
so thankful to him for treating us so kindly and his whole band as well. They were you know, really a classy operation. No doubt. And, and uh, you say us, you, you mentioned um, your, yourself and your band. I do always like to, to give an opportunity uh, for the guests um, just to give a shout out to their band members and, and really more, more so introduce the listeners to your band members because, uh, you know, there obviously are Cena Earhart fans that are listening to this episode, but there are also uh, the people that are, um, that I'm so thankful for that are listening to the show every week and, Gosh, you, you, you listeners amaze me, more than 60 countries around the world. Uh, so if you're being introduced to Cena Earhart for the first time, uh, Cena, go ahead and, and tell the listeners uh, about those uh, band members of yours. Absolutely, with pleasure. Um, my guitar player is Mr. Cole Allen, and he also is my collaborator on songwriting. We work together um, in that sense. He also does uh, background vocals, and we sing several duets throughout the night, so he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He also has a solo band that um, he plays with, and you can check out information on him at coleallen.net if you want to check out his specific information. And then my rhythm section consists of Rick Rossell on the bass and Paul Peterson on drums. So Rick and Paul kind of hold down the low end and and we just have a great time night after night. (laughs) Well, you know, you were talking about the the shows with Johnny Winter and and I mentioned, I won't go through the list again, um, the others that you've been invited to open concerts for, but, but playing shows like those help expose you to potential new fans. Um, just talk a little bit about the work that goes into developing a following in these other markets so that you can feel some sense of confidence that audiences will be there when you show up in, in all these various cities that you're playing in. I think that's the the toughest part about the business, maybe, uh, is breaking in as a live act in new markets. And that being said, uh, without the help of a festival, um, if you can go down to a market and play a big festival and a lot of people get to see you and, and hear your name and maybe pick up your CD, if you return to that market as your own show, um, it's easier because you have a little bit of a built-in crowd from that festival. They've seen you already. They saw you in a, in a great setting. Um, it's tough when you're going into a new market and it's your own show for the first time. And I've been really lucky to have support in the radio world and getting to go in and do some in-studio radio interviews on the day of shows. Social media is huge with getting to directly market to those um, folks in the new cities where we play. Word of mouth, of course. Um, And, you know, sometimes you've got to play for a little bit of a smaller crowd your first time in, and then the next time you come, your crowd is doubled, and hopefully the time after that, it doubles again, and and that's just how you've got to do it, I guess, a show at a time. Well, what a great attitude you have, and and I say, you know, that, that you're a pro. And, uh, you know, it's also, it's also terrific advice that you're giving out. I mean, some, some people might hear this and say, well, yeah, it's music business 101, but, you know, I do like to really keep an eye on, on those, you know, or at least keep a, you know, keep in my head as I'm doing this show, the up and comers that are starting out that are saying, you know, how do I break into a new market or how do I get to play at a festival or, or that type of thing. And you, you, you played at a, at a hard rock recently, uh, and I know you, you mentioned it before, you were down here in Florida, um, just a stone's throw away from me over at the Clearwater Blues Fest. Is there is there any one show, perhaps, really, that stands out as a highlight so far, of, you know, either, I'll say on this tour, but maybe overall in your career? Overall in my career, I can't say that anything stands out more than the first time that I got to open for B.B. King. Um, mm. Just being a, a huge fan of his since I was a small child and um, that really being, I think, my very first concert that I went to was a B.B. King concert and listening to his records and getting to meet him. I mean, that's truly like a holy experience <laughs> for me. Uh, so career-wise, that would have to be the, the top experience. But you just mentioned the, the Clearwater Seafood and Blues Festival and that was probably the highlight thus far of our American wow. tour for wow. Live My Life. Um, just being there in, in the warm weather and looking out, uh, they actually had an attendance record on the day that we played 
it was a great lineup. I'm definitely not taking credit for the attendance, <laughs> but they said it was around 15,000 people came that day, and it's a free event, so everyone's in a great mood because, you know, they, they're just there having a wonderful day. That was a highlight for us. We, we loved that. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Everybody Is You. Uh, but before we do, just take the listeners inside this song, if you would, before we let you go. Sure. This is another song that I co-wrote with my guitar player, Cole Allen. And this kind of stems from people coming up to me and saying, you know, everybody is talking and everybody's saying this and everybody's saying that. And I kind of finally got to the point where that I almost laughed when people would come up and say that. And I finally said, well, who is everybody? (laughs) What's their name? Who are they? And and so that actually was good fodder for songwriting. And that's where the song was from. That's good. I like that. I'm very big on, on uh, all these people said X, Y, Z, and you find out that it was two people. Well, <laughs> two is not yeah, everybody. Yeah, you'll find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Well, Cena, thank you ever so much for the time. Really enjoyed the conversation, and, and you don't need it, but but best of luck to you uh, out there on the road and, and as you continue on. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's been my pleasure. I really appreciate what you're doing for emerging artists and established artists alike, um, and it's been an honor to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The pleasure's all mine. I will close, as always, by formally thanking my guest. Today we heard from blues singer, I'm going to call her singer-songwriter now, Sina Earhart. As I've mentioned before, do be sure to visit her website at www.sinaearhart.com and then also engage with her on social media. Like her Facebook page. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Watch for her tour dates, too, so you can go see her perform live. And, of course, do purchase her music either through her website, SinaEarhart.com, or on iTunes. Uh, for that matter, tell her you heard her interview and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, uh, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show out a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Cena Earhart. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Everybody Is You.
Does everybody have a conscience? Do they feel real pain? Does everybody have a mother name? Or a family name? Can they hold your hand? Look you in the eye? Stand by you when you need a most. Remember you when you die. Do you have some answers? Some I can hold as true.